All right. Oh. Hello. Can you hear me? Handheld one. Check, check, check. Ah, there we go. Okay, good morning, everybody. How are you doing today? This morning, uh, before we start with our service, we're just honoring uh, our graduates today. We have a couple graduates with us, a few that couldn't join us today, um, but we're celebrating these two this morning. And so uh, what I want them to do is just share briefly with us this morning uh, where they plan to go to college. They both graduated high school. Uh, where they plan to go to college and what they're going to study when they go to college. And then what we want to do this morning is just pray for them, bless them, and send them out uh, from here. So who's going first? Where are you planning to go to college? Um, I'm planning to go to Spring Arbor University. Where's that at? It's in Spring Arbor. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. <laughs> Where do you plan to go? Same college. Is that in Spring Arbor as well? <laughs> what are you going to study? Nursing. Criminal justice. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, this morning we want to, on behalf of the church and, and the youth group, we want to give them each a, a book. This is a book by Banning Liebscher. He is the lead pastor of Jesus Culture Church in California, and uh, it's called Rooted. It's talking about rooting your life in God. Here's just a quick synopsis. You were born to make an impact in this world, and you know it. You feel it deep down in your bones. Apathy is your nemesis, and your hunger to change the world keeps you up at night. But no matter how deep this hunger growls, you can only make a meaningful impact if you are rooted in Jesus. And here's the thing. God is not interested in developing your vision first. He's interested in developing you. So that's just a quick little cap of this book. So I think this is going to be an amazing book for you guys to read. I'm thankful for these girls a lot. They have helped so much uh, with youth group, serving at the church. They serve on the worship team, uh, in the sound booth, oftentimes where um, people go un unnoticed or unseen, but such an important job back there running the tech for the church. Um, and I just appreciate them so much and their friendship. It's going to be really sad to see them go, but I'm excited to see what God has in store for you guys. You guys are all amazing, and um, I love your family so much. So looking forward to that. If we could just extend, uh, extend our hand out to them this morning. Let's just pray over them this morning. God, thank you. God, thank you for these girls. God, they're your beloved that you've chosen them, that you're with them. God, we just ask that you would give them peace in the Holy Ghost. God, that no matter where they put their foot, that it would be blessed because they carry your presence with them. God, I ask that you would activate uh, and, and continue to grow in the anointing and calling that you have in their life. God, that they would continue to be worshipers of you. God, that no matter what they, they do, that they would look to you first, God. I thank you for these girls. Just bless them as they go. God, help them to be the head and not the tail. Help them to lead and not follow, God. We thank you for them today. And all other graduates that couldn't be here today, God, would you bless them in this new adventure that you have for them. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, Ryan has a quick announcement. And I just want to say real quick that Morgan and Mariah have blessed our family so much, and I know God's going to use them to do some tremendous things. So uh, we love you guys, and we're excited to see what God's going to do. 
So I have a couple announcements today. First of all, the Montrose Ministerial Association is doing a, a, a donation where they're going to buy churches for the elementary school, or churches, <laughs> shoes for the elementary school, for every student in the elementary school here in Montrose. So if you'd like to donate to that, just make the check out to the Montrose Ministerial Association and you can leave it here with us or you can donate cash and we will bring the, the, the money to them. And every child is going to get blessed with a pair of shoes this year. It's going to be pretty awesome. Um, I also have uh, one last announcement here. If we can put that up there, please. Oh, that's the feedback one. I'm sorry. We are on the right slide. We have some feedback we'd like you to provide for the church. We just want to see where everyone's at right now with everything going on in the world. So if you text the word feedback to the number on your screen here, uh, you will get a link to a survey. We'd appreciate if every member of our church takes the survey. And I believe Pastor Tim's going to talk about that a little bit more later. Um, today we're going to have a blessed day. And Pastor Tim, if you're ready to open the service. All right. Let's stand and uh, here you go. Take that. Let's stand together. It's good to see everybody this morning. Glad you could make it. You glad to be here? Yeah. All right. I also want to pray a blessing on our uh, college students. Uh, some of them are heading back to college this week. I see Sarah there. Anybody else? College students? I see. Oh, not quite. Remington, Eric. You guys aren't leaving yet this week? No. But let's pray for our college students, okay? Uh, and pray for the moms and dads. Kind of say goodbye again to them. Lord, thank you for these young people who are growing and learning and developing themselves. Bless them, Lord. Let them be able to have a great year. Bless them with great friendships, with people that will lift them up and make them better. Help them, Lord, with wisdom and choosing the right path that you have for them with classes, uh, with decisions that they make. And uh, Lord, bless them in such a way that they add value to people around them throughout this year. That they are a light, that they are a source of goodness and wisdom and truth and support to those around them. And let them uh, continue to grow in you, Lord, this year. Bless the families, Lord, in this transition time. And Lord, now we come this morning to enter into your gates with thanksgiving your courts with praise, to, to give thanks to you, Lord, and to bless your name. And we just invite your presence, Lord, here to fill us, to move upon us. God, as we lift our hearts, our voices, as we give our energy into worship, Lord, we thank you that you promise that you inhabit the praises of your people. So we just welcome your presence here today, God, to move among us. Our eyes are on you. Have your way here this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord.
So this, this week, I've been thinking about this word a lot uh, because I've been preparing a series for the kids of our church. And it's a word that describes God indescribable. And I've thought about how he's created the entire universe. He created the earth, the land and the sea. He created all the creatures that roam the earth. And I look in the sky and he created the sun and the moon and trillions upon trillions of stars. And he's taken every star and he's hung every star in the sky. And then he created us. And so often we think that we aren't good enough. We think that we aren't worthy. We think these awful things about us. But after he created all of this and he created you, he said it is good. And then all of his promises are yes and amen. And he said that you are good and he proved it. You see, we got lost. We got confused. So he showed up. And he was beaten. And he was killed. And he did that for you. And today as we take our communion, we are going to declare, God, you are good. And we're going to look at ourselves today and we're going to say, what you've done, that power shakes me. That power, there's nothing like it. It's indescribable. So let's take our communion elements together today. Let's thank God for his goodness. Die. 
here let's just turn our attention to heaven what are you thankful for this morning what has God done in your life these words should 
stir up something that the Lord is doing or has done. He is your Savior. He's your Redeemer. He's your healer. How has he blessed you this week? What are you thankful for? And, and, uh, and as we've been talking about worship, this is our expression of Tehillah to the Lord. It's our personal song to God where our spirit cries out to him and we connect with him spirit to spirit. And we just give an overflow of praise of who he is to us. Not just the words on the screen, but there may be different words in your heart that you just want to give to the Lord today. So as, as we're just doing this, let's just take a moment to do that. Let's sing that chorus one more time. But you might be singing a different chorus. You might be singing your own words of thanks to God. Because the Bible says, Jesus said, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. We have to go beyond our feelings. We have to go beyond our thoughts. We need to open our heart, our spirit. Our spirit, spirit to spirit. That's when God shows up. That's when God shows up. So let's, let's invite God by opening our heart, giving him our, our spiritual worship, our spiritual act of worship to him by singing your own song to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just, can we sing that chorus again? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. You're worthy. Thank you, Lord. We long for that day, Jesus, when we all will see you face to face. And all the world will know that you alone are King of kings and Lord of lords. When the trumpet sounds from heaven and you show up and the dead in Christ are raised and we meet you in the air. Lord, we long for that day. And in the midst of the, the, the valley of the shadow of death that we're all living through right now, the chaos and the brokenness and the craziness, Lord, in the midst of all this, may you lay out before us a banquet table. Lord, may you surround us with your presence and your love. Lord, may there be no fear in us because your rod and your staff, they comfort us. We're with you. We're hanging with you. Your presence is with us. And Lord, may you lift our vision higher. Lift it beyond the valley of the shadow of death to heaven, to what you're doing. And what your plan is for our lives. God, that there might be joy released into our hearts. That there might be peace that overcomes the chaos. Lord, that there might be freedom in our soul. 
And we will be truly shining that love and that light that you are filling our, our hearts with. Lord, let there be life in this place today. God, as we continue to lean into your presence, I pray that your spirit will lead us and guide us and that every single person here this morning, Lord, will hear your voice in their heart. We will all have an encounter with you. We'll all hear your voice, sense your love, sense your peace, experience more of you today. So we just open our hearts, Lord, to receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hey, if, if you're into that hugging, high-fiving thing, go ahead and do that. If you're, if you're reserved and you got a different color sticker on, give someone an air high-five and, uh, and do a little air hugging and greet one another this morning briefly. Welcome, everybody. All right, before we get into our message this morning, I uh, just want to welcome you. If you're visiting with us today, uh, we're so glad to have you guys here. Um, it's great to see you, and, and we are living in some crazy times. So I did want to highlight this survey because, uh, you know, we have people, just like in, in society, even within our church, we have people on, on both sides of the spectrum, you know, in the current uh, issues that we're facing with face masks and no face masks and all that stuff. So... I just want to communicate to you guys um, that I love you and we are doing the best that we can to try to connect with you and encourage you to meet your spiritual needs. But we, we, I would really love to have everybody fill out this survey just so that I can see how you're doing. And we're hoping that a lot of people watching by video today, if you're watching us live, if you would go online and uh, fill out this survey for us as well. How many of you have received an email already about the survey? Awesome. What that's going to do is going to help us see if there's anything we can do better. And it's just, I'm just trying to figure out how are people doing. Uh, we have many people that are coming physically, but we have many people that are not coming to a physical service. And, you know, as a pastor, I'm just trying to figure out how can we do the best we can to meet everybody at their, spirit, you know, their spiritual needs. How many of you know it's really important, even though we're going through some chaos here, that we don't lose touch with God? And with one another, okay? We got to stay connected. So if you would do that, that would be great. Uh, our leaders are talking about some different ideas, but I want to I wanna make sure that um, we're aware of how you're doing so that our, our ideas or our decisions are, are going to be helpful to you, okay? Hang in there, people. Let's go. Hang in there, okay? We're going to make it. We're going to make it. How many of you are sick of this whole thing? Anybody out there? <laughs> okay, me too. But... Uh, you know, we're going to make it. The Bible says, well, it doesn't really say this, but when you read the story, we know the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And uh, we've been talking about worship the last several weeks. And, uh, and so worship is, is awesome. Jesus talks about this. He had a conversation with a woman, uh, and she's just known as the Samaritan woman. That's what she's known as. We don't know what her name is. And he meets this lady at a well, and his disciples are going to get some food. And he says to her, She's coming to get water. He says, hey, could you please give me a drink? And she's like, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. We're not supposed to be even talking, let alone I'm a woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And then Jesus says this. He says, if you knew who was asking you for a drink of water, you would ask him and he would give you 
living water. He says, you're drinking this well, water from this well, but you will thirst again. But if you drink the water I give you, you will never thirst again. But rather a spring of living water will bubble up or or swell up within you. Can you imagine that? So Jesus is saying, this water is fine, but you drink it and you still want more. You drink it, you're going to need some more. But I have something. And of course, he's not talking about physical water. He's talking about soul water, right? Soul water. Your soul craves for something, and that something is God. And the world is trying to fill that with all kinds of stuff, um, you know, all kinds of different things to try to get that fill. And what happens? We take a drink. We take a drink of this over here, and what happens? We get thirsty again, right? Didn't satisfy. I won the trophy. I got it. Woo! And then a day later, you're like, now what? It's not enough, right? I got the promotion. I got my name on the door. Yes! And a couple weeks later, you're like, Ugh, now what? Right? I got the girl. I did this. I got that. I tried this. I smoked that. I, whatever. It's any, anything. We do anything because we have that void in us. But how many of you know? The void filler is Jesus. Come on! Somebody here get excited about Jesus? He is our soul filler. He is soulicious, right? He is so soulicious. And he's telling her this. He says, this water that I give you, not only will you no longer have a void, but, but you will have a water that begins to be a spring. A spring. Now, a spring, if you know in that nature, a spring is constantly flowing and filling up. There is no lack in a spring. He says, you're going to have a spring of living water that wells up to eternal life in you and through you to those around you. And we are springs for Jesus. Come on. Now, in the, the reason I tell you that story is because it's in that chapter that a few verses later, in this conversation with this lady, Jesus says these words. He says, a time is coming and now has come. When tr the true worshipers of God will worship him in spirit and in truth. And it is such that the Father seeks. You know God is looking for people who are going to worship him in spirit and truth. And that's what this series is about. What does that mean? He goes on to say the Father is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Okay? Now, what we're not doing is we're worshiping God out of religion, out of routine, out of duty. That is not worshiping God in spirit. That's worshiping God out of, you know, religion. And so I'm glad you're here this morning. But worship, worship is your spirit connecting to God's spirit and life happens. Rivers of living water flow. And you begin to have this communion with God. And this connection with God and this fellowship with God. And now I'm asking for those of you who are here, uh, and if you're online, you can text in your answer to this. What do you experience when you are in that space of worship personally? When you're not distracted by the problems of the week, by what's for lunch, uh, by lights, temperature, a person sitting next to you, when you aren't distracted by any of that mind stuff or soul stuff, but your spirit, you're worshiping God, and your spirit is connected with God's spirit, and it's real. In that moment, 
What are you experiencing? And I'd like to have some feedback right now. Anybody? What are you experiencing? Peace. Freedom. Joy. Just beauty of his majesty, his presence. Anything else? Anything else? Anybody? I'm, I, there is no right answer here. I'm just asking. Anybody else? Joy, peace, freedom. Some people sometimes experience just like a, a heaviness or weights just being lifted off. They just feel, oh. That, like when we say peace, that means a lot to some of us, right? It means, whoo, the weight's off. Freedom. We've had healings, physical healings happen when people are just worshiping God. I've had people come up to me after service before, say, I was worshiping God, and all of a sudden I felt his presence, and he healed me. Isn't that beautiful? And now, this is what we desire. This is what you desire. You also are a spirit. You were made in the image of God. God is a spirit. You have a body. You have a mind, okay? But you are a spirit. Your spirit craves God. And worship, real worship, true worship, is when your spirit is connecting to God's spirit. And so what I'm trying to do in this series is give you the tools uh, from Scripture so that you can worship God in spirit and truth and you can experience more of his presence in your life. More of that love and joy and peace and freedom and things that we just said. And I got good news for you. It's not just for Sunday mornings. This is a lifestyle that God wants you to be able to experience his presence. And it's through worshiping him. Okay? So um, we have been talking about some Hebrew words. And I want to just give you a quick review. And today, you should be really excited. Are you really excited? Because you're going to get two words. Woo! We're going to double down. Yeah. It's like going to get some ice cream, you know. And you're like, I'm not going for the same. I want the double. Give me the extra. Yeah. All right. So that's what we're going to do. Okay. So here's some of the words. Uh, one word that we talked about was Barak. And Barak um, is the idea of surrendering to God. And uh, it means to bless, but it actually has a physical uh, connotation of kneeling. And so kind of kneeling before the Lord symbolizes humbling ourselves before God and surrendering to him. It means to bless the Lord, but you know the greatest blessing to God is for you to surrender your heart to him. That's what blesses God, is that he wants you. And when we bless the Lord, a real blessing is to say, Lord, I humble myself before you, you know, and I surrender to you. Okay? So that's a form of worship in the Bible, Barak. Another one that we did a couple weeks ago is Tehillah. And Tehillah is a personal song from your heart, from your spirit, to God. As we were just doing a little bit there, and when we sing songs and there, there's lyrics on the wall, you know, we're singing, but Tehillah is a personal, uh, spontaneous overflow of worship to God. And sometimes that's in English, and sometimes, for some of you, you have a spiritual language, and you sing Tehillah in spiritual language, you sing it with English, you, you, you're just... Pouring out praise to God. And that's Tehillah. How many of you have experienced Tehillah? Or you have given Tehillah to God before? Just your own thanksgiving, your own words, okay? Awesome. And that is a great tool. Now, what's so cool about that is there's a verse in the Bible that says that God inhabits or he sits down. 
and he dwells among the Tehillah of his people. What that says, let me just paraphrase it very simply for you. When you are worshiping God from your heart, from your spirit, and it's personal and it's real, the Bible says God is drawn to that. He's drawn to you. Do you see what I'm saying? He's drawn to you. The Bible puts it this way, James, whoever draws near to God, God will draw near to them. And we draw near to God when we worship him in spirit and in truth. Tehillah, okay? Uh, and then finally, last week we did one. Uh, the word was Shavak, and it's a shout of victory. Woo! You guys are quiet today. Shout of victory. Now, the interesting thing about a shout of victory, this is a tool, and you're, you're going to use this from time to time in your life because you're going to be staring at some circumstances or some situations and last week I gave you a couple stories. One was Jericho. And the shout of victory took place before they saw a change in the circumstances. Okay? God told them to shout. And that it, when they shouted, then it activated uh, the promise of God. And the walls came crashing down. And it was a shout of faith. It was a faith-filled shout at the direction of God. And there's going to be times where you have a wall, you have a barrier, you have a problem, and there's just going to be something inside of you that you lay hold of a promise of God, and you're going to speak that out, and you're going to shout that victory into existence because you had the breath of God, and you are speaking the word of God, and the victory is already won for us. The verse that last week we were talking about was, all the promises of God are already yes in Christ, and we say, amen, right? We're saying, I agree, and we're giving a shout of victory to those circumstances. And the walls come down. There is power, power in your words. Okay? When you match your words with God's word, and then you are using God's breath, the same, listen to this, this blows me away. The same breath that said, let there be light, and there was, was breathed into you. Think about that. That's why Proverbs says there's power in your tongue. The power of life and the power of death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. It, in other words, whatever you're speaking, you're going to, you're going to see created. All right? The same breath that God said, let there be, and it was, we see him breathing into us. And we became a living being. Wow, is that not goosebumps or what? Okay, so that, that is Shavak, a shout of victory. And today, like I said, I'm going to give you two words. The first one is Yada. Everybody say Yada. Yada, okay? And uh, it's three letters. And let me spell it for you. In Hebrew, it's got a Yud and a Dalit and a Hey. And the pictures of this is uh, this, this Yod is a picture of a hand, the Dalit is a door. And hey, in the ancient language, is to behold or to look. And we see this letter in almost every one of the worship, letter, uh, worship words that we're talking about. Because it's all about behold Jesus. Behold God. Look at what he's done. Look at who he is. Give him praise. Give him praise. Okay? So this yada 
Actually, when we look at the pictures, check this out. And I just, uh, I think the Holy Spirit put this on my heart during the first service, so I'm going to give it to you as well. This was not in my notes, but the first man's name, if you recall, was what? Adam. In the Hebrew, we would say Adam. Adam. And the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet is Aleph. Okay? And in this case, a lot of times it refers to God, but it also re refers to the first. And Adam was the first what? First man, right? First human being. All right? The first man, and this is a door, opened the door to, and this mem is a picture of waters. And in the ancient world, waters represented chaos. So Adam, when you look at his letters and his name, was the first man to open the doors of chaos. Thanks, Adam. Right? That's what sin is. Now look at what Jesus did. Okay? This word, yada, which, which actually means to, uh, I'll get to that in a second. It means to throw or cast your hands. Okay? And it comes from an archery term of shooting a bow or throwing a stone, but you use your hands. And so this is how I look at this, this word. It's to throw praise to God with your hands lifted high. It's got an intensity to it. It's like this. It's like, praise the Lord, I worship. You're amazing. And it's like got energy. You've got some, some, uh, some, some motion, and you're, and you're like this. Has anybody ever do this before? Yeah, so a lot of people raising your hands today. You were doing yada. You were lifting your hands, and you were throwing praise at God. You're just throwing praise at him. Casting praise at him for who he is and what he's done. Okay, that's yada. Now, in this here, when we look at the letters, Adam was the first man to open the doors of chaos. This is a possible idea. The hand that opened the door to heaven, behold. The idea here is that Jesus undid everything the first Adam did to us. Would you agree? Jesus, the Bible says, is like the second Adam. And the first Adam opened the door of chaos, but Jesus has opened the door of heaven for you and for me. So we cast praise to him. We throw praise at him because of what he's done for us. He's saved us. He's rescued us. He's redeemed us. Now, I like to, and here's, here's how it's translated in your English Bible. Praise, it might look at, as the word praise, give thanks, confess, thank, uh, to make confession or thanksgiving. So when you look at your Bible and you look at these and you read it in English, you're going to see the word praise and thanksgiving a lot. And you won't know if it's yada or if it's a different word that we've studied like tehillah. Uh, you can't tell, okay, because it just, it just will say praise. But I'm going to show you a verse today and I'll teach you what those words are that we've already studied. Because for me, it just brings so much more meaning when I know, you know, the, the, the words behind the words that we see. And so um, here's the first mention of yada in the scripture. It's not that exciting, but it is kind of cool after I thought about it, okay? Genesis 29, verse 35, first time this word appears in the scripture. And it was talking about Leah, who is one of the wives of Jacob. And it says this, she conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time I will praise the Lord. This time I will praise the Lord. And that is where the word Yada appears, okay? So she named him Judah. And so the word Judah, and I know uh, Carrie and, uh, and Ryan, that one of their, their sons is Judah, 
the name Judah has this name Yada in it. In fact, if I said Judah in Hebrew, it would sound like this, Yehuda, Yehuda. And so you guys ready for my Hebrew joke? I just made this up this morning. You ready? Please have mercy on me. Please just laugh even if you don't get it, all right? So, so who's going to praise the Lord? And Leah says, Yehuda's going to praise the Lord, all right? Because Yada in the middle is who? So who's going to praise the Lord? And she says, I'm going to praise the Lord, Yehuda. Yeah, all right. So who's going to praise the Lord out here? I am, right? I'm going to praise the Lord. So Judah means to praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. That's what it means. So a lot of times when you read your English Bible and you see someone like that saying, uh, you know, so the angel Gabriel came to Joseph and he said, uh, you are going to have a son and you will name him the Lord saves, right? You will name him, yes. And in our English Bible, what it says is you will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That's what the English Bible would read. But in the original, when the angel probably showed up, he probably said this, you will name him Yeshua because he will Yeshua. Because Yeshua means the Lord saves. And that's what she did. She said, I'm going to name him Yehuda because he's going to Huda, Yehuda, Huda, Yada, Yada, Yada. All right, anyway. So I'm sorry, I'll put away my Hebrew jokes from now. And we'll go on to the next word, okay. So the, this idea, though, is, is intensity. It's lifting hands high. It is praising him. And for me, for my heart, it's praising him because of what he has done. Jesus, by his own hand, God, by his own hand, has thrown open the doors to, to heaven. Behold what he has done for you. What are you thankful for today? You're thankful that he saved you, that he's delivered you, that he's rescued you, that he's given you a hope beyond this world, that in the middle of this chaos, you don't have to be consumed by it. You can have your head above the water. You can walk on top of the water, on top of the chaos. You're not drowning in the chaos anymore. You have been rescued from a kingdom of darkness, and you've been grafted into a kingdom of light for the glory of God and for your benefit. I mean, what are you thankful for? What do we praise God for? Because of all these things. Even in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, right? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table, a banquet table, right there for me while all of my enemies around are watching and can't touch me. Ooh, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd. How about you? Who's taking care of you? The Lord's my shepherd. Is he your shepherd? He's my shepherd. Man, God has been good to me. All my life, he has been faithful. All my life, he has been so, so good. You know, and that's where worship comes from, recognizing who God is and what he's done for us, okay? The second word is similar. It has the same last two letters, so it has the da in it, but it's toda. So everybody say toda. So it's not yoda, it's toda, Okay. I don't know why I said that. I'm just trying to practice my jokes today, I guess. All right, so we got to, da, and it's four letters. So this is a tab. This is uh, the vowel o, and then the same ending right here, uh, right there, okay? And this, this word 
also is translated as uh, praise, but more so thanksgiving and thank offerings and confession. Okay, it's in the Bible 32 times, and it's got a communal aspect to it. What I mean by that is it's like a choir. It's like we're like a choir here this morning, and we're doing this together. Toda, we are doing this together. So it also has um, the hand, and, and, but instead of being like the physical expression like this, it's probably more so like this, okay? Where this is praise, this is intense, this is uh, throwing, throwing praise at God, casting praise at God, casting thankfulness to God. This is more adoration and a giving of thanks to the Lord for how he has blessed you and what he has done for you, okay? So, toda, this is toda. Now, I want to um, share with you a little bit about this first verse, okay, that it's mentioned in. It's Leviticus 7, chapter 12. And while it doesn't seem very exciting, every time we see a word for the first time in the scriptures, it teaches us something about the meaning of that word. That's why I like to share that with you, okay? So here it is in Leviticus 7, 12. It says, if they offer it, an offering, as an expression of todah, or thankfulness, then along with this todah, or thank offering, they are to offer thick loaves made without yeast and with olive oil mixed in and so on and so on. In other words, in the Bible, during the temple days or the tabernacle days, they had five different types of sacrifices, okay? Um, I don't even know if I know them all off the top of my head, but they had the sin offering, the guilt offering, and both of those were requirements, okay? Back then, they didn't have Jesus, and they sinned. And when they sinned, they had to bring a guilt offering. They had to bring a sin offering to be atoned for, for their sin, okay? But then they had three other types of offerings that were what was called voluntary, optional. You can do these. And one of those was called the fellowship offering, okay? And that's this one right here, the thanksgiving offering. So this isn't something you had to do. This is something that you wanted to do. And if you wanted to do this, you would go to the temple and you would offer your offering and the priest would, you know, sacrifice the animal, but then take a portion, and then the rest would be given back to you. And you know what you'd do? You'd have a barbecue with your family and friends. Who likes barbecue? I know you like barbecue. You'd have a party. The burnt offering, the sin offering, when you brought those things to the Lord, they were completely consumed on the altar. It was to cover your sins. But a thanksgiving or a fellowship offering was the person coming to God, and this is what they were doing. They were saying, thank you, God. Thank you. It was voluntary, okay? It was, it was a sacrifice, a willing sacrifice to God to say thank you. Now, I was looking in my Bible, and I was reading the study notes. And this is why a person would give a thanksgiving offering. For they were thankful for, it says this in my Bible, thankful for deliverance from sickness or trouble or death or for a blessing that they had received. Now, let's talk about us today. Why would you give todah to God? Has God done anything for you? Has he rescued anybody here, delivered anybody here from sickness? 
Has he delivered anybody here from trouble? Has he delivered anybody here from death? How about eternal death? Are you thankful? You see, so today we don't bring into the building um, bulls, animals, birds, pigeons to sacrifice. We're not going to be slaughtering anything here this morning. We're not doing that. Okay, I'm going up north uh, this week, though, and I'm going to try to catch a fish, kill a fish, and eat a fish. But beyond that, we don't do sacrifices like that, okay? We're not doing that. But what we do, the Bible says, is we bring a sacrifice of praise, of todah. Now, what does that mean to you and to me? What are you thankful for? Praise the Lord. And here's how it works. I'm going to teach you a verse that many of you know, but you're going to really know it better than you ever have before. It's Psalm 100, verse 4. It goes like this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to the Lord and bless his name. This verse is packed full of Hebrew worship words, four of them, and you know them all already. You know them, all right? So you guys ready for some, uh, what would I call these, burpees for Jesus? You know what a burpee is? Anybody want to show me what a burpee is? I did one in first service. I was afraid I was going to pull something. You know, it's where you get, watch out, table. It's where you like jump all the way down, kick your feet out, do a push-up, come back up, and go woo like that, right? So, Burpees for Jesus. That's what this verse is. I'm going to start calling this verse the burpees for Jesus verse. You'll see why. I'm going to explain it to you. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. That word thanksgiving is todah. So now, now let's paraphrase it. Okay, you're going to be a Hebrew scholar in this verse. Enter his gates with a worship of thanksgiving to God because of what he has done. That you come, and now in the Old Testament times when this verse was written, what they're talking about, gates and courts and all that, was the temple. So for us, it's this property, let's say. And as you're driving up to this property, the verse today would say, enter the parking lot with todah, with thanksgiving, right? Enter the parking lot with todah. And come in the front doors with praise, with tehillah. That's the word tehillah. All right? And then it says, give thanks to the Lord, yada, to him. Give enthusiastic, throw your arms up in the air, and throw some praise at God. Woo, praise you God. You know, and you're casting praise at God because you're thinking about who he is and what he's done for you. And, and then it says, and bless his name. And humble yourself before the Lord. And give it all to him again. Give it all to him. Surrender your heart to him. You can trust him. You see, it's like a burpee. It's like, you know, come in, thank, thanking God for who he is, that he saved you, that he's blessed you, that, that he's done good things in your life. And, and then you begin to sing a personal song, your spirit to him. And then you're throwing praise up to him. And then you're dropping down and humbling yourself before him. And it's all of this in one verse. So how does that apply to you and to me? Listen, these are tools, okay? I've been doing a lot of home improvements lately. I, and the older I get, the more tools I'm gathering. And I had this bucket. It's got an apron around it. My kids know it. It's getting heavier and heavier because it's got all these, like, pockets and places, and I just keep putting tools in it, and it's getting full. 
and it's getting heavy, you know. But I got so many different tools in there for so many different things. We are packing on right now worship tools. Why? So that we can experience the presence of God in our lives. And here's how I see it. I don't know what your Sunday morning routine is. But let me just give you some encouragement to do what the scriptures say to do. That when you are coming on a Sunday morning and approaching the service, this property, the Bible says, enter into the outer gates with praise, with todah. What does that mean? That means when the people did this in Bible times, they were on their way to worship the Lord. They got to the temple, to the courts, and now God's presence was there. And as they were getting closer and closer, everything on their mind was, I'm giving thanks to God. I'm coming to worship God. I'm coming to bless God because he has blessed me. I am remembering who God is in my life and what he has done for me and that I got nothing without him. And I am coming to give him praise and worship. And when you come here on Sunday morning, while you're driving here, maybe even before that, you, you are like, today is the Lord's day. Today is the day I am going to go and worship the Lord. I am right now starting to take inventory of how good he has been in my life this week, how good he's been to me all my life. And you begin to start just, it just begins to start piling up in your spirit. You're not thinking about tomorrow. You're not thinking about lunch. You're not thinking about last week. You're thinking about the Lord. You're saying, I am blessed. He has rescued me. He has saved me. He's thrown open the doors of heaven. This is who my God is. And this is what he did. This today, right after the first service, I had someone just give me a praise report on all the things that God was doing in their life. That's worship. And by the time you get into the parking lot and you go through those doors, there's already todah. There's already, I am bringing a sacrifice of praise to God. How many of you, how many of you think, if we all did that, that this environment would be pretty buzzing and electric, right, in the morning? Instead of waiting to the second song or the third song or the second point in the sermon or something like that. We're all ready, man. We are already ready to go. Why? Because we're coming to give a willing praise to God. That's todah. Come on. I'm thankful for an awesome wife. God has blessed me with five awesome children. God has been faithful to me my whole life. I have no needs. God is everything that I need. He has given me everything I need. I have health. I have strength. I'm blessed. And as we begin to reflect on these things, that is our reason for coming to give praise to God. Because he's, he's delivered me from sickness, from trouble, from death itself. I know where I'm going. Do you know where you're going? Yep. Hey, Amen. That's worth thinking about. That'll bring praise to your lips. Right? You see, the Bible says, in every circumstance to give thanks to the Lord because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When we do that, what we're doing is we're getting our eyes off of the circumstances and we're getting our eyes on God. When we focus on the circumstances, we focus on the darkness, we focus on the problem, what's going on? We're just getting heavy. We're getting drained. We're getting worried. We're getting angry. We're getting frustrated. We're getting depressed. All right? That's why the Bible says, in every circumstance, give thanks to the Lord. This is God's will for you. Why? Because when you start giving thanks, toda, you are not looking at your circumstances. You are looking how God has moved in your life in the past and what he has done for you. And you know that God is faithful and he will continue to be that God for you today and in the future. And now what happens? Now peace comes. You guys said it. Now freedom comes. Now 
Joy comes. Now faith comes. Now our eyes are on a solution, not the problem. Can I get a hallelujah from somebody? All right? You see why worship is so important? This is not a Sunday morning activity. This is a, a 24-7 activity for you. You've got to unplug the well of the spring of living water and let the water of life flow in your soul. You need this. Your spirit craves for the water that Jesus offers to you that is welling up and our soul and our mind gets in the way. We need our spirit to drink. We need our spirit to be the prominent part of our existence. And so I'm really excited about our next series we're going to be starting in the fall, in September. We're going to do a, a, a series called Spirit Living. So I want everybody to be able to live in the spirit, not in the flesh. If we're living in our mind, we're living in our emotions, we are cutting off the flow of life that God has for us. Because the Bible makes it clear, we are a spirit. And we connect with God spirit to spirit. And our mind and our emotions, how many of you agree with me? They get in the way right? And they can get us off track. But the Spirit produces life in you and in me. And so we're back to this verse as we wrap it up. Psalm 100 verse 4. The first one is Todah. We come into his gates with thanksgiving, which is Todah. And we enter his courts with Tehillah, with a personal praise to God, right? So worship is not just going through the service. Worship is your spirit, Worshiping God personally for what he has done and who he is and how he's revealed himself to you. We come in being thankful for what God has done. We begin to give our own personal worship to the Lord. Okay? And then the next part says, um, and we give thanks, which is yada, which is we, we enthusiastically give thanks to God. And then we humble ourselves before him. We, we kneel before him. Our heart yields to him. Isn't that a beautiful verse? I'm asking you guys to memorize that verse, but actually more than that, I'm asking you to think about it. And, and don't, don't reserve this verse for Sunday mornings, but try to live this way. Now, here in this church, what we're doing here, you don't have to do all these things. I mean, we're, I'm not saying this is our formula. We're going to be doing burpees for Jesus every Sunday, you know, walking out here all sweating and stuff. But I am saying that any of these are open for you to worship the Lord here and in your own life. Why? Because they draw the presence of God. And God begins to speak to us. And we want to be near to him. So if there's somebody over here, and we're in a time of, of singing, and, it's a, it's, and, and the Spirit of God moves on them, and there's a shout going on, a shout of victory over there, hey, that doesn't bother me. They're getting a victory, right? They're using a tool for a circumstance that's going on in their life. And if someone from over here comes on up here and bows down during a song, uh, that's awesome. You can do that. I'm going to do that. Anybody can do that. Why? It's just another way to connect with God. And you may feel, God, I just want, I just want to kneel. I want to surrender. I'm going to barack you know, to you. I'm going to trust my life with you. That's good. That's, that's okay. You can do that. Right? And if you're throwing your arms up high and you're throwing praise at God, that's awesome. And if you're singing off, off, off grid, and you're singing your own song to God that's Tehillah, that's great. You can do that. You know, don't be nervous about that stuff. We're just worshiping God. Can I get an amen? amen? Come on. We want him. We want his spirit. This is not about a religious service. This is about every single one of us coming here and connecting with God because that's the only thing that's going to make a difference in your life. And if God doesn't show up here, then why are we? 
doesn't make any sense. But we have a God who's showing up. And that makes all the difference in the world. And that's why it's important for us. You know, the, the greatest commandment Jesus said. said the greatest commandment is to do what? It's to love the Lord your God. Worship would be a good word for love. Is to worship the Lord, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. That's why it takes seven words in Hebrew to describe what that means. That means jumping, dancing, shouting, quiet, kneeling, lifting, personal songs, singing, banging on drums, strumming instruments. It's just everything goes here. We are given all we got to give thanks to God. All right? Is that cool? And so today, you know, as we close, I just want to encourage you, you get one more opportunity to worship the Lord. I asked the worship team if they could just do one more song so we have just a few more minutes to just worship the, worship the Lord and to feel his presence and to connect with him spirit to spirit, okay? So as we do this, um, would you stand with me and let's take a, a few minutes to do another song. Let me get this out of the way so we can make room for these guys. Thank you, Lord. Let's just pray. God, we just thank you for today. We thank you that your word is eternal and it's powerful and it changes our lives. God, as we come into your presence again, and we never really left, but as we focus on these next few minutes to connect with you, Lord, we just pray that you would just move among us right now in power and you would give us those things we talked about that when we are worshiping you in spirit and truth, we begin to, to connect with your peace your love, your joy, your freedom, healing, and revelation truth. Lord, I pray that you would speak to each one here before we go, that we will all know, Lord, that, that you are alive, that you are real, and that you're with us. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are the one who threw open the doors of heaven so that we could be with you forever, that we could be forgiven of our sins, we could have new life with you. And we could be empowered, even in a life of chaos, a world of chaos, we could be empowered with the ability to live above that chaos. Just like you walked on the waters, you call us to come with you above the chaos. There is a life of abundance in your presence. And we need it. And we pray, God, that we would just taste some more of heaven this morning before we go. Before we do this last song of worship, I just want to give an invitation to you online, to you here this morning. If you're here and you've never bowed your knee to Jesus as the Lord of your life, you've never done the, the one thing that I was talking about, Barak, which means just surrendering to him. The Bible says that he made a way for you. He loves you. He came to you to set you free, just like Ryan was saying during communion. He came paid a price you couldn't pay so that you could have a life you could never have. To have life eternal with him. But you have to come through that door. Just because he's made the door, door open, you need to walk through that door. And he said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one gets to, to the Father. No one gets to heaven. No one gets to this abundant life except through me. Right? Except through me. And how does that work? We bow our, the knee of our heart 
to him. And we say, Jesus, I yield my life to you. And I declare you to be my Lord and Savior. I receive the gift of salvation, the forgiveness of my sins. And your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And God's Spirit comes upon you. And your spirit is born again. And now you have life. And now God begins to help you live a new life that produces fruitfulness in you. So if you're here this morning or if you're watching online, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. If you're ready to get right with the Lord, to bow the knee of your heart, to yield your life to Jesus as Lord and Savior. Would you bow your heads, please? And if that's you here this morning, if you're here this morning, you're making that decision. I want to know you're making that decision. So I'm just simply going to ask for you just to raise your hand before we pray. So I can celebrate with you that you're making that decision today. So if that's you, would you just lift your hand as a sign saying, Pastor, I'm praying this prayer with you to give my life to Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you for your hand. I see your hand. Thank you very much. Anybody else? If you're watching online, obviously I can't see your hand, but pray this prayer with us. We're going to pray this prayer together. Just repeat this prayer after me and just trust me as you're doing this from your heart. God is here. You are being born again. Your sins are being forgiven. And you're on your way to heaven. All right? Let's say this together. Say, Jesus, thank you that you love me. That you gave your life to pay for my sin. So I could be forgiven and have new life eternal in you and with you. And with all the others who are believers as well. So today, I declare with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that Jesus, God, raised you from the dead. And you're alive today. And I'm in you. And I'm all yours. Fill me with your spirit. So I had the power to live this new life. I thank you that I'm forgiven, that I'm loved, that my name's in your book, and I'm on my way to heaven. Love you, Jesus. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise. And I celebrate with you who have raised your hands. And now you, we can truly worship the Lord and celebrate and let's connect with God for a few minutes as we sing this song. And I'll come back and, and, and uh, share a final blessing with you, okay? Let's lean into the presence of God. If anyone's going to worship in this place, let it be you. Let it be you. Connect your spirit to God's spirit. All right, let's enjoy this opportunity.
morning I feel like this room we just need to envision ourselves at the feet of Jesus right now abandoning our hearts that means abandoning fears believing in something that you can't see or something that you know is gonna take that fear giving our selfish desires and thoughts right now abandoning it all just worshiping so if you could right now, just close your eyes. If you're comfortable, lift your hands. And actively imagine yourself giving yourself to Yeshua, giving yourself to the King. I just feel like that's really important right now. Let's do that.
great exchange in this room Oh, there's an exchange Oh, we give our all this morning Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. That, Lord, thank you that we don't have to leave your presence in this building today, but you go with us. You're always with us. And help us, Lord, this week to be uh, just worshipers throughout the week. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. As we close, I just was reminded that when we worship God, what we're doing is we're... We're putting our attention on Him, and we're, when we do that, we are allowing God to be God. Uh, when our attention is on circumstances, that's the thing that we're focused on. That's the thing that's getting our attention. When our attention is on God, He's released to be God, you know, in our circumstances. And so what this is is a lifestyle of worship, is a lifestyle of constantly worshiping God in the midst of your day, in the midst of your circumstances, and letting God then 
be at the core, the center of your life in that moment. And that's when God can do what only God can do. All right? So worship is so powerful because it not only lifts your soul, but it gets your eyes off of the problem, puts your eyes on God, and allows God to do his business in your life. So I encourage you to be a true worshiper in the spirit and truth this week and put God at the center of your existence. Put him at the center of your problem, at the center of your Monday, your Tuesday, your Wednesday, your marriage, your kids, your finance, right in the heart of it. And no matter what the circumstances are, you worship God, put your eyes on him, let God be God in your life. Amen? All right, bonus message here. I want to pray a blessing on you guys now. And uh, part of this blessing is uh, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, okay? And uh, I was told once that that is similar to a father or a mother taking a baby. And you know when you, and grandmothers, you know, you know when you do this, you take the babies and you go like this, whatever, whatever you say to them, and you're holding them up like this, and then they spit on you. <laughs> now before they spit on you, to, for God to lift his countenance upon you, it's like God is is lifting you, kind of like Lion King, you know. He's lifting you up and he's saying, I'm so proud of you. I love you. You're mine. You're special. And those are special moments. That's part of this blessing. God is all, he loves you. He's for you. He promises to protect you, to keep you, to guard you, to bless you, to be gracious to you, to lift his countenance upon you, and to let you know how proud he is of you. He loves you and he's for you and he's in you. You got everything you need this week to live in an abundant life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Just keep saying amen to all of his promises in your life, okay? Let's just receive the blessing of the Lord this morning. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And may you worship the Lord this week in all circumstances. And may the rivers of living water well up with inside of you, being more than enough for whatever you're dealing with, so much so that the river of living water flows out of you and becomes a fruitful river to those around you wherever you go. For your benefit and for the glory of God, be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for watching. God bless all you guys at home. See you soon. Hello, Amagod Kids! It is time for Kids Church! We have so many fun things planned for this month, but first I want to talk about how much fun we had at both VBS last week. It was great! Crazy messy games, amazing lessons. I even got to do it with some kids in my neighborhood. Hi Cameron, hi Charlotte. It was so cool! Hey, if you haven't participated yet, and you're kind of sad that you missed out on both VBS, I've got some good news for you. Guess what? You can still do it. 
just go to facebook.com slash kids, sign up there, and also shoot me an email at ryan at logf.org, and I will send you an invite to participate. The cool thing about it being the way we did was that you can do it anytime you want. So let's bolt together. You guys, last month we received all kinds of amazing text messages from God. He told us how much he loves us, and he told us how he wants to be with us forever, and it was awesome but it is a new month and we have a new series for you this new series is called indescribable your creator has no limits and it's all about creativity we have a creative god and you know what we are creative too because we were made to be just like god now what is creativity it says it right here imagining what you could do because you're made in god's image oh guys let Let's play an awesome game and see what you know about God's creativity. Welcome to our new super fun game show, The Sky's the Limit. This is a game show all about God's creation. In a moment, I will put up some questions with multiple choice answers. And if you answer every question correct, well, then you get a special prize. A high five next time you see me. That's the best prize of all, right? <laughs> wow, what an amazing prize. Well, I, I don't know. I just, I don't have very many things to give you. Otherwise, I'd give you a million dollars if I had it, but I don't. I only have high fives. I've got five fingers in a palm. High five. What is the number 29,029? Is it A, the number of species of animals, B, the height of Mount Everest in feet, or C, the number of active volcanoes in the world? If you answered B, you're right. Mount Everest is in fact 29,029 feet tall. That's a really big mountain. I'm scared of heights, so don't ask me to climb it with you because I'll probably just stay home and play video games. Question number two, what is the smallest known thing in the universe? Is it A, a quark, B, your piece of cake from when your brother cuts it, or C, an ant? If you answered A, you'd be absolutely correct. It is a quark, and I don't even know what that is, but it must be really small. Question number three, what is the largest animal believed to ever exist? Is it A, the Loch Ness Monster, B, the Great White Shark, or C, the Blue Whale? It's the Blue Whale. That is a big fish. Question number four, what is the smallest known mammal? Is it A, the... Whatever that says, something true. I don't know. I know how to read. B, is it the Chihuahua? Or is it C, the African Pygmy Hedgehog? It's the African Pygmy Hedgehog, and look how cute that little guy is. Don't you just want to squeeze those little cute cheeks? The world's tallest waterfall, Angel Falls, is how many feet tall? Is it A, 101,242 feet? B, is it 2,567 feet? Or is it C, 3,230 feet? The answer is C. Look at how tall that is. I'd be scared to be on top of that too. The deepest cave in the world is called the, uh, another big word that Mr. Ryan can't read. It's, it's a cave that starts with a V. And it is over 7,000 feet deep. Where is it located? Is it Ebkiza, Georgia? Is it Atlanta, Georgia? Or is it Baku? Why are they giving me so many big words, guys? I don't know what these words say. 
If you answered A, you'd be correct. It's somewhere on this map. Just take my word for it. Question number seven. What is the highest point in the United States? Is it A, Denali? Is it B, Mount Kilimanjaro? Or is it C, Pikes Peak? The answer is A. Question number eight. What is the lowest point in the United States? Is it A, Miami, Florida? B, Death Valley, California? Or C, New Orleans, Louisiana? It's Death Valley. It sounds scary, but it's kind of cool. I'd go there. Question number nine. What is the largest body of water in the world? Is it A, the Pacific Ocean? B, the Atlantic Ocean? Or C, the Mississippi River? The answer is A, the Pacific Ocean. What is the smallest ocean in the world? Is it A, the Indian Ocean? B, the Southern Ocean? Or C, the Arctic Ocean? The answer is C. You guys, it's only 6.1 million square miles. It's not that big. Thank you for playing our game show. The sky's the limit. You are this week's winner. Next time you see me, redeem your prize. The prize that will make your life so much richer. The prize of a high five for me. I'm, I'm sorry. I really wish I could offer you more, but... I don't have anything else. So how big is God's creativity? Well, whenever we have a question like that, we always turn to the Bible. So this week's scripture verse is amazing. And I have a little green friend that we haven't seen in a few weeks who's ready to go over this week's scripture. Shmoo? Good morning, they were got kids, it's me, Smoo. You guys, I've missed you. I know I've been gone for a long time, but I had a great reason. You see, I broke into the peanut butter factory and I ate so much peanut butter. It was amazing. It was a great time. But then I fell into a big vat of peanut butter and I got stuck. I've been there for like a month. I'm so glad to be out, but I missed that peanut butter. Oh, you guys. This week, Mr. Wine wants me to go over the scripture bus, and I know he left it around here somewhere, but I don't know where. You guys see where he left the scripture? Just yell it out if you know. Behind me. Oh, there it is. Well, okay, now I know it's going to be. All right, here we go. I'm gonna read the scripture. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to weed. Okay, I'm gonna try. I've been practicing weeding. I think I got this. All right. Pizza is almost as good as peanut butter. Wow, that's a great scripture. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Shmoo, that's not this week's scripture. It's actually this. Lord, you are great. You are really worthy of praise. No one can understand how great you are. Psalm 145.3. Our God is great and he's done some amazing things, including creating the world and creating you. This week's Bible story shows just how powerful and creative God is. Check it out. Stories of the Bible. Creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was empty, formless, and dark. But the Spirit of God was there. On the first day, God said, let there be light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. On the second day, God said, let there be a space to separate the waters of the heavens 
from the waters of the earth. God called the space sky. On the third day, God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. God called the dry ground land and the waters seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land sprout with every sort of plant and tree. And God saw that it was good. On the fourth day, God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. God made two great lights, the sun for the day and the moon for the night. He also made the stars. God set these lights in the sky to light the earth, and God saw that it was good. On the fifth day, God said, let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind, and God saw that it was good. On the sixth day, God said, let the earth make every sort of animal. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock and small animals, each able to have babies of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image to be like us. So God created man in his own image. He formed man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into man and a man became alive. Then he saw that the man needed a helper, so God put man into a deep sleep, and while he slept, God took one of the man's ribs, then God made a woman from the rib and brought her to the man. Hello. Hi. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and rule over it, rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, Hello, bird. and all the animals that scurry along the ground. <laughs> then God said, Look, I have given you every plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food, and I have given you every green plant as food for all the animals. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was done. So on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and said it was holy. From nothing, God created everything. That's pretty creative. As much as we try to describe God, we can't. He's indescribable. That's what that word means. We can't describe him. His creation though, shows us how powerful he is. We can know him because we can see how amazing everything that he made is. Everything we see, we get to know him. From the highest mountain to the smallest little thing, which is a quark, whatever that is, some science thing. But God created it all. And remember, he just didn't create the world and the universe in us as humans, but he also created relationships. And he wants a relationship with you that's why he sent us jesus our savior that's the whole reason he created you 
to, to love you and to be with you forever. God's creativity is so huge. David actually describes it in the book of Psalm like this. Lord, you are great. Lord, you are worthy of praise. Nobody can truly understand how great you are. Here's one thing I do know. I can trust God no matter what. I don't always understand him because he's indescribable and my mind just can't even comprehend him. But I can trust him no matter what. And that is the most indescribable thing of all. So this week, take some time to look around and look at all of his beautiful creation. And then stand in front of a mirror and look at yourself because that is the most incredible thing he's created. You. This week, I'm going to send out some activities and some things to talk with your parents about so you can discover together how indescribable God and his love is. I'm going to end with this. God created you and he created you special. We have messed up. We have sinned. We've all done something wrong, but he wants a relationship with you. He wants you to live with him forever. That's why he died so that you can be with him forever. Today, if you've never asked Jesus to live in your heart, if you've never told him sorry and said, hey, I want to live with you forever, then let's do that together right now. Bow your heads, close your eyes, and repeat after me. Dear Jesus, you are amazing. I love you. Jesus, I believe in you. I know that you're the son of God. I know that you died for me. I know that you came back to life. And I know that you're still alive today. Jesus, I've done wrong. I've sinned. I'm sorry. I promise to live for you forever. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, if you said that prayer, you are a Christian and you get to live with Jesus forever. That's amazing. It's indescribable. If you've said that prayer, please leave a comment down below. I want to get a hold of you and talk to you and send you a special gift. It's a cool gift. So, hey, tell me if you did. God created you and you're amazing. And I guess I'll just end with this because it's appropriate. You are special. I love you. But most importantly, God loves you too. I'll see you next week.